Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have Dr. John Jaquish. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. This yeah, no problem. A little bit different audience than I than I normally talk to. So I'm yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, and I hope I'm glad to see everything's okay because last time we spoke, you were in the snow uh, in your Lamborghini. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you know the Lamborghini might be all-wheel drive, but yeah. that doesn't mean it's for the snow. It doesn't mean it's for the uh, snow. Yeah, yeah, you know the the tires are more than a foot wide in the back. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you, for snow, you want a narrow tire that cuts in. So yeah, there's there's um never mind the fact that it's only about two inches off the ground. I know so that's what I when I heard that plowing the road. Yeah, basically, uh, right? Yeah, I'm hoping you don't break the front bumper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw you when I was, you were on the photo. It's like okay, we got to get off this phone because if it's slippery and the Lamborghini, you know what I mean? I don't know if it's yeah, yeah. Safe. I had to be really careful. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I I pulled it off once again. I've driven the snow that thing like twenty times. Yeah, uh, is, my my offices are kind of really right above the snow line. Okay, and, uh, so we get snow here. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of near near Lake Tahoe. But but, um, but did you know it was going to snow that day? No, right? Probably not. No, I usually <laughs> don't take the Lamborghini out. Yeah, no. Yeah, it was a surprise it was a hit. Roll. Well, you know, first first thing I'm really excited to talk about is that I've seen like Tom Brady using your product. So what is that? Can you talk more about that? Well, I can say a lot of, uh, a lot of professional athletes use the product. Uh, mm -hmm. 30 of them g gave me permission to put their picture using the product on, on the website, x3bar.com. Okay. So that's my fitness device. I have another medical device. Yes. Which is how I got started. That's, mm -hmm. that's OsteoStrong. But uh, a lot of, a lot of guys, their brand is just too valuable. Like for example, NFL players who are like greatest of all time sort of thing. Uh -huh. They don't do anything just to be cool. And I get it. Their yeah. brand is worth millions and millions of dollars. And so yeah. they're going to, they're going to capitalize on everything. And so uh, certain athletes, and it's a shame because it's the ones I want, you know, probably the most, but then of course a paid endorsement is not, it's just not really worth much. Yeah. So I really want to do it for free. And of course I would, right? Yeah. Like, yeah he doesn't want somebody to do something yeah. incredibly valuable for them for free. Yeah. So it's like, and I, I know it's like anyone who's going to see that knows that, that uh, whatever athlete I would be working with would be paid a significant amount of money. So I don't think that says much. Mm. The fact that everybody who uh, uses the product, including you see the back of my book, the Miami heat. Yeah. The strength coaches gave an endorsement, and they never allow their name to be used. And uh, NBA teams really protective about their brand. Yeah, and they just did that for me for free because they. Were just That's awesome. Free. Yeah, so I like the whole endorsement by appreciation sort of thing. Yeah, works. So tell me more about the Osteo Strong. Like, is this something? Like, how does it reverse osteoporosis? Like, I know I don't want to get into medical stuff, but it's incredible. Are you like, sure? I, well, I, you know, I, it's a question I want to know, but I'm not that versed, right, with it. So, but I still want to. I'm interested, and the audience would be too. It uh, it emulates high impact, so it gives you the benefit of high impact type activity without the risks oh. of high impact. So it compresses a bone. So if this, you know, th this is my humerus right here. 
Yeah. And this humerus bone, if it gets compressed from end to end, it will it will grow. The bone density will become more powerful. Wow. Yeah, that was my first invention. That's amazing. That's incredible. How do you like how how does it come about? Like this is stuff that you've been researching your entire life, or like well, how do you come up with these? This ideas? pertains to your audience. This is the kind of question I wanted, and I, I haven't done a lot of entrepreneurial podcasts. Uh-huh. And uh, I think a lot of it is just because I'm a scientist, and yeah. a lot of entrepreneurs might not be scientists, so they might go, "Well, you know, I, I want to stay away from something that's." you know, real, real hard science, but yeah, I'm not afraid. Let's go. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what background you have. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes the biggest thing somebody has going against them is that they believe that they don't have the ability to pull something off. And that's just a lie you've told yourself. Yeah. Uh, I know incredibly unsuccessful people that went to the top schools in the country. Yep. Incredibly successful people who didn't go to school at all. Yes. So in fact, uh, there's a, there's a fortune 500 CEO that I know who told me recently that he doesn't hire Ivy league graduates because they come with a huge attitude. Mm -hmm. They want to, they want a huge amount of pay. Yeah. And then really their only thing they have to say for themselves, they kind of don't really do their work. And they're like, Hey, I went to Stanford. No, they like, <laughs> like, keep bringing it. it up. And it's just like, like, give me a pedestal. Your job right? is to say that you went to a good school. Your job <laughs> is to actually do something. Yeah. Do the work. And you're, and you're not doing the work. Right. Mm. Right. Right. So yeah. like I've seen that before. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because of where they went, they sort of like are above it all. And yeah. Like, well, nobody's above work. So, you know, sorry, but so I had no science background when I invented my medical device. And I think it's really important for entrepreneurs to understand. You believed I, within though. Oh, I like science. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was always a, a really good student in my mm-hmm. science course. And I had a lot of um, great example. My father was an engineer and scientist uh, for defense research laboratories, which was a contractor for NASA. And uh, he put the lunar roving vehicle on the moon. So uh, a couple of them, in fact, I think there's three or four of them up there. I, I can't remember which, but so he was a scientist and I saw how he solved problems. He was just fearless when it came to solving problems because if it's a problem already, well, there is no solution. Otherwise nobody would call it a problem. Yeah. So if you try and fix it and don't come up with a solution, you're just as good as everybody else. So fuck it. Do yeah. it. Do it. Yeah. 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 And we always try to put like um, so much attention to, you know, what the, the degrees are back to that point about degrees, what's your educational background, what you have to achieve, but not enough to about the doing, you know, the magic is in the doing what you have accomplished. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, like people spend so much time focus on the education. I, I yeah. really <laughs> believe in formal education. You know, I, this book just came out. It's yeah. a Wall Street Journal bestseller. So, um, yeah. So I, I just wrote this book. Uh, it's a Wall Street Journal bestseller. We sold over, I, last time I looked, it was 75,000 copies. The title is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Like weightlifting is a, is a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think this is um, marketing with controversy is okay if you can back up what you're trying to say. And I think sometimes yeah. people try yeah, to- Yeah, I know what you mean. 
Yeah, they can't back it up. Yeah. You have to be able to back it up 100%. Yeah. There's 250 scientific references in there. And the real reason I held this up was because the work I did for that book really defines my life's work, both in exercise science and physical medicine interventions, which was my first uh, invention. The, what, what I learned from that book, I learned by doing it kind of myself. Now, I did get a PhD so I could learn how to write in an academic mm -hmm. manner. But after finishing it, I could have just taken some courses on how to write in an academic manner. Like I really <laughs> didn't. Was like, you sure it will work? No, it, it's a, <laughs> well, I, you know, well, very interesting. Yeah. My co-author, Henry Alkire, uh -huh. uh, he's like straight out of undergrad and he writes in an academic manner better than I do. <laughs> So it was like clearly I didn't <laughs> necessarily need like he just picked it up right away. Yeah. It's probably like natural. Like he, he started as an aerospace uh, engineering major and then he switched to biomedical engineering. And um, I think he had just written his undergrad papers like that. I bet his professors were jealous of him. Yeah. I looked at his papers imagine? and write better than me. So the um, I don't think the education matters much unless you need a credential. Yeah. But it just like, who cares? Like yeah. just what work have you done ultimately? Yeah. What yeah. are the results? You know, here's another thing. Like a lot, of, a lot of medical doctors that I worked with, with OsteoStrong, uh, they would be, you know, just say negative things about like chiropractors, for example. Like yeah. they're doctors, they don't know anything. It's mm. just like, going to a, you know, it's typical going to the homeless person for, for, uh, you know, your, your medical advice. And I would, I would, I would argue with them every time. Like, you know what you're talking about? Like, if that's what you think, you really haven't looked at what they've been doing lately and they treat pain and they manipulate yeah. bone than you ever do uh -huh. and uh, they take people out of pain like you can't yeah. ignore that yeah now, there's some other things like they're putting magic crystals all over you yeah so that's the chiropractor you don't see yeah uh or unless you just like wasting your money and you feel good it's entertaining <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, but uh, yeah, like, so, you know, and I tell these chiropractors, why don't you just stop being a chiropractor? Just hire a couple of physical therapists and just have a wellness center. Like you don't have license to manipulate people, but you can tell people how to manipulate themselves. There's a lot of tools out there now. Yeah. Where you know, like, like whether it's, you know, hardened balls or, or different to raise things or mm -hmm. go on the sides of your spine and yeah. you can do active. A whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. You just teach people how to do it themselves and charge a fortune. When somebody's in pain, provide a solution. Yeah. Like whatever it takes. Yeah. And then, and then you empower them to do it themselves. So yeah. And just like, just stop calling yourself a chiropractor. Yeah. Like, Good what, point. You know, if it has such a bad reputation with medical doctors and it does. Yeah. But you know, I mean, that, that's, that's another sort of entrepreneurial thing. Just yeah. you can reinvent yourself if you want to. Yeah. Uh, and, and just do something that's slightly different mm -hmm. and maybe doesn't adhere to the, to the rules, but people like that. Mm -hmm. People like a rule breaker. Yeah, of course. Yeah.
that's entrepreneurship and spirit, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this, um, you know, weightlifting is a waste of time. What, what, what are your point of view on people that spend hours in the gym? You know, like I was one of them. Like I remember two hours back in the day, I was like really working out and then I stopped. I got really busy, but I used to, I remember back then is like people would be two hours, two and a half hours in the gym. Yeah. And they still look like they didn't work out. Right. It, they look, uh, it's, it looks uh, not that, not that great. Yeah. So fitness is, uh, nobody's contested me on this point, Yeah, but I have some data to back it up. Uh-huh. I think fitness is the most uh, failed human endeavor. I think, um, you know, one in six males in this, in, in the United States have or currently use or have used anabolic steroids. One in six. Mm, wow. Who actually looks fit? Who has an impressive physique? Maybe one in 60,000. Like re- really, like, like really, like you're talking about perfection, yeah, I mean, you know, like absolute, you know, like, got mm. you kind of guy. Like all areas. Yeah. Like every, everything is just perfectly proportioned, yeah. perfectly lean. Yeah. Incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. Like who, who is that? Like I, there's probably, you could probably count depending on how you judge it, like 40 or 50 people alive today that fit that description on earth. That's about it. That's it. Yeah. And you notice like, like when you follow like a fitness person and you follow other fitness people, you all have the same people you follow. It's like the same like 10 circle. Yeah. It's just this tight circle. Like everybody's following, you know, Larry wheels or Jeremy Buendia or I don't really even follow it, but I follow a couple of them just so I know what's going on. Like when someone's like, Hey, you know, the guy, Mr. Olympia, and I don't want to be like, no, I don't know who Mr. Olympia is right now. Actually right now, tell you the truth. I couldn't tell you. Oh, I think it's Chris Sebum, but he's in one of the, like the sure. lower weight classes. So yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you ever compete? No, no way. <laughs> no, a lot of, so a lot of the competitors, like there's genetics. When, when a lot of people who lift weights say genetics, they're usually trying to make an excuse for how absolutely average they look. And you know, the fact they have a muscle mass of a 10 year old girl, I'm talking about a different kind of genetics. I'm talking about proportional genetics. So like if you have, you know, hip bones that are 24 inches in diameter as opposed to mine, which are 36 Mm -hmm. and you have a a wide upper body, you're going to do great because, you know, the bone structure. Yeah, I know what you mean. Huge thing. You know, now that like it's getting down to really lean guys and, you know, let's face it, it's kind of like a beauty contest for men. (laughs) Uh, And beautiful enough. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't need kind of yeah. tell me that. Yeah. yeah, I got the mirror. It tells me that every morning. Yeah. So uh, I've never felt compelled. Now, like, because, like, I am in good, like, good shape. Yeah. By the way, I wasn't, I started to get in good shape. I was in lousy shape. I was, I was like chubby until I was 40 years old. 40 That's my next question I want to ask you about that. Oh, so yeah. what if, yeah. what if I like, be, I didn't believe yeah. in regular fitness. I just thought like everyone in this industry is a clown. They're pushing <laughs> stuff that, that like it works for nobody. And I mean, yeah, there's drugs, but yeah, seeing people won't do that. Um, well, apparently one in six people will, but, uh, but they, even the ones who take the drugs, they, they still look like shit. So obviously the one in six, like you walk down the street, one in six men, really, really? Yeah. Cause everybody looks like, you know, either, you know, baby arms and a double chin. That's like the description of just about every male in America, just skinny little arms and fat face, fat gut. 
pathetic. But that's what the instructions they have been given delivered. Now, there is some really big genetic differences. Uh, and I had to discover this in kind of some esoteric way. Like it wasn't described the way I thought it would be described. And so finding the literature was difficult. But the biggest difference between a guy who becomes an athlete and a guy who just can't is where their tendons connect to their bones. So like, like your tendon for your pectoral, I don't know how many people watch versus listen to this, but I'll describe it. So, yeah. so your, your pectorals attach at your sternum mm -hmm. and then right at about the top of your bicep. So it brings the arm across the body. So you, as you put your, move your elbow towards your sternum, your pectoral gets a lot shorter and thicker because it's starting to contract. Mm -hmm. Some people, have a mutation where their insertion point, instead of being at the, at the top of the bicep near the shoulder joint, mm -hmm. is down at the bottom of the humerus bone towards the elbow. And some of us have been on a teeter-totter, so we know how leverage works. That's more leverage. And so it gives, it gives you more engagement when you have that longer lever arm. Mm. I say lever arm in terms of geometry, not in terms of an okay. actual because we're talking about two different types of arms here. Mm -hmm. But when that load, when those people handle load, they have much more activation of musculature in the weaker range of motion than the rest of us. And these are the people who turn out to be NFL players. That's where the strongest people really in the world go. Powerlifters will say they go into powerlifting. No, they're, they're not going to give up a multi-million dollar contract so they can go pay get paid 500 bucks to go to powerlifting. So it doesn't matter with your height though. Like my son is, he's 13 and he's my height. He's six, four. So he, he probably has that, right? No, no, it doesn't totally matter. random. Random. Okay. Yeah. Height's got nothing to do with it nothing. now with, so part of the reason I developed my product is it takes that geometry out completely. Oh, so now everybody has the genetics with X3. Everybody has the genetics to be an NFL player. Wow. With variable resistance. And we see people put on 20 pounds of muscle in six months, even people so, in their 40s and 50s. So this X3, is this is the home gym, right? That we're talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, it's, it's the most effective and cheapest home gym that there has ever been and ever will be. And you guys ship to Canada as well? We do. Okay. I want to check this out. I want to yeah, see. I need have, something. I don't want to go to the gym. Hang on. Let me say something yeah. Uh, yeah. To, the, to the Canadian audience. Yeah. Um, please do not email us about how awful the taxes are in your country. It's your fault. You voted for the idiots who raised those taxes. So elect better people. So another thing I saw that you, you, you've been called Tony Stark of the fitness industry. That's yeah. pretty, pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. Yeah. Tony Stark's a clever guy. I don't know if I can live up to that, but uh, I'm trying. Oh, it's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. What are your thoughts on like the keto diet and, and that kind of stuff? Intermittent fasting? Um, so there's sections in my book, which talk about both of those things. Mm -hmm. I really don't like when somebody says, like somebody comes up to me and they're like, oh, I'm on a keto diet. And like already I'm like, <sighs> like I'm, I'm waiting for like the real dumbass comment because that one is not that bad. But here's my problem with it. Ketogenesis is a process of the human body. Mm -hmm. Like, so a, a ketogenic, I, 
a diet that encourages ketogenics. Yeah, okay. What it should be called. Mm-hmm. It's just saying I'm a, I'm on keto. It's yeah, like, but that's a term that's been that's been thrown around, right? Oh yeah, well, it's a term by people who are clueless, mm-hmm. uh, teaching other people who are also clueless mm-hmm. to basically what I've seen make mistakes. It's, it's like the fasting mimicking, you know, where they eat like a granola bar and they're like, "Well, I'm fasting. I just had my fasting granola bar." Like, dude. You should look up words in the dictionary before you start throwing them around. Yeah, it's everywhere. Everywhere you go, that's what they call it. Keto diet. Keto diet. You know, there's websites. It's really, but I I mean, I kind of get it. It's a shorter version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's nutrition that supports going into ketosis. Now, what do you need to eat to go into ketosis? Low carbs. Low carbs, high protein, right? Whatever. No, actually, no. No. Uh, You can... Well, you can stay in, you kind of put ketosis on hold when you eat anything. So it's really the absence of anything is when you go into the hardest level of ketosis. So a fasting program. Now, some people just do like what's called a 16-8 fast, which is skipping breakfast. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, sorry, you don't get a trophy for that. That's Mm. That's nothing that does basic, like maybe your last two hours of your fasted period, you're getting a little bit of fat burning because you're in a little bit of ketosis. So what kind of diet do you have then? What kind of? Well, I'm always running some experiments. Okay. So what I do, I don't necessarily recommend. Uh, I do dry fasting. uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. So no food, no water. No water, no food. Yeah. And then um, I'll start to rehydrate, do my workout, and then eat dinner in a, in a, in a block of, of about four hours. So it's like a 20 to four ratio of dry fasted to fed and hydrated. And I continue to grow muscle doing that. And I continue to- That's amazing. Muscle. And it's X3, you use X3 obviously. And how many times a week do you work out? Six days a week and it's about oh. a 10 minute workout. That's awesome, man. You could just do it in yeah. the morning. For me, I yeah, just I do push-ups in the morning, you know? Well, no, I don't do it in the morning because I want to put it right next to my one meal in the day. Oh, okay. Which is dinner. Now, if I want to do it in the morning, my one meal of the day would be breakfast. Mm. And I would eat nothing the rest of the time. But it's tough because uh, just, you know, being in business, a lot of people want to. Yeah. And uh, of course, sit there, you know, with my arms folded. Yeah, you got to eat something. Anything. I won't even have a sip of water. I mean, it's like, that's not productive. No. Yeah, so I try and I try and have those those dinner meetings. Uh, this is this is something really cool. I heard that um, they saw some stuff. I'm not sure if it's true or not, but they saw some stuff on Facebook or some published on on NASA or something. You had something published on NASA. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so tell me, tell us more about that. Uh, you know, I'm gonna actually read you something from that paper. Oh, I love it. I just paraphrase it. I don't know. If it'll do it the same justice. That's huge. Uh, let me see here. So, yeah. So, uh, some people from NASA, they really liked what I had been doing with bone density. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to see how it would work with an individual who's similar to an astronaut. She's not one. She's a she's an aerospace physician. And she mm-hmm. worked at... Um, University of Texas and medical school. And that's, that's where uh, NASA does quite a bit of things. Mm-hmm. And so then a 
she recruited a couple other people and then I participated in the authoring of the paper from the methods perspective. So I laid out the instructions like this is what you need to do because you want to make sure somebody doesn't use the medical device wrong. And what the paper said was if the exercise, they call it an exercise apparatus, but it's the bone compression device. Uh, if the exercise apparatus could be condensed to the size of a shoebox to meet the weight and volume restrictions imposed by NASA, it could potentially serve as a countermeasure for bone and strength loss in space exploration. Now they're talking about deep space exploration like Mars. Uh, so there's really two limitations to getting uh, humans to Mars, and it's one of them is radiation. Now, physical medicine guys like me are not going to fix that one, but it's okay because uh, if they, I think the only way around this is to actually build uh, the vehicle to get to Mars in space, so you can bring it up piece by piece and uh -huh. assemble it up there, so you don't have the same weight restrictions. Mm -hmm. I think that's how they're going to have to do it. And they have the robotics to pull that off right now. Um, someone's got to pay for it. Can you share that link? So when you do the show notes, I can add it. We can add it in there. Yeah, it's a super long link to a medical journal. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. Well, we we'll use we'll use we'll use that tool that uh, that makes the links shorter. I think it's forgot the bit.ly or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll do that. But it was in the Journal of Aerospace Medicine and Human okay. Performance. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's the top journal in the field. So that's yeah, awesome. I'm really happy about that. Yeah. That's a it's a big accomplishment for uh, for the the method, the the technology. I well, nobody can use the method without my technology because I yeah. patent the hell out of things. Patent the hell out. Uh, uh, yeah, that's another thing I say to, uh, to entrepreneurs: if there's no patent, forget it. Yeah, don't kill yourself opening up a market for some clown to just jump in and copy you. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting that with, with X3, like people are making copies. And what I do is I, I wait for them to make some money. And then the, the legal action comes and then, then I get to take all their money away from them because they shouldn't have violated a patent. Mm. They're stupid. They didn't check. They didn't do their research. Oh, they checked. They just. Oh, really? They're just trying to pull one? Well, I'm just guessing. I don't yeah, know. yeah. That's... Like, I, I'm sure some of them are dumb enough where they don't, they don't know. Like, there's, there's some of them that are out of China that just, uh, this is a very American mistake to imagine that your American patent is enforceable in China. It's not. Hmm. You patent it in China. You and patent you it everywhere. Chinese attorneys, which I did and I have. So once You're that covered. Happens, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Then the Chinese government, they're certainly going to enforce Chinese patents. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, what's their what's their patent office worth? They don't enforce their own. Patent. Of course. Yes, they must. Right. right. So, um, yeah, we're, we're patented. We're, we have 16 patents on X3 and uh, that cover, that's all in all 16 in uh, 42 different countries. So can you share the story of how you became partners with Tony Robbins? He just called me out of the blue. No way. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He just called me and he's like, I want to buy one of your devices. And you know, they weren't, they were not for sale. I'm like, I have two prototypes. Yeah. He's like, I'll pay to have a prototype made. And it went on from there. Wow. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, he is. That's awesome. That's great that you guys uh, formed that relationship. Um, what are the three things that you're grateful for? Love to know. Yeah, I, I've been through these gratitude exercises. Yeah, the top three. I definitely get a get a, a C minus in this in this area. That's okay. Take your yeah, time. 
I, uh, I, I think that the people that are really focused on, on gratitude and, and, and posting on inspirational quotes about gratitude always seem to be unemployed. <laughs> and I don't mean that they're entrepreneurs. I mean that they're just unemployed. So uh, grateful for uh, just waking up and being me. I like that. So that's one. Okay. That's fine. One is good enough. Yeah. It's just, uh, we like to ask just to see, you know, having that sense of accomplishment, usually you have that kind of gratefulness about something, right? So that's great that you have gratefulness about you. It's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I have a great team. Oh, no. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm there. Uh, you yeah, have a great team at my company. That's good. That's um, excellent. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hiring a lot of, a lot of people would like to pat themselves on the back for hiring the right people. And there yeah. is, a, there's a skill there, mm -hmm. but sometimes you're just really rolling the dice. Like, you know, you don't really know how somebody's going to work when you hang out with them for half a day, like, cause they can put on a good front. Mm -hmm. and they can say, Oh yeah, I did this at my previous job. And then, you know, and then you can tell one, like, wait, what, what do I need to do? I understand. You know, what's a balance sheet, you know, like shit like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 You could pick up. That's excellent. That's a good one. Obviously that's yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. We always yeah. like to ask our guests what their inner superpower is that got them to this point. You must have many, but what do you think not to overcomplicate it, but something that you have within that you feel that I, got you to this point. I have a, a habit, which is I'm going to, if I'm going to speak about a subject, and and like recommend it like the whole dry fasting thing i do i don't recommend that that's just what i do mm -hmm. i recommend people do exactly what i explained except without the, the dry part and I'm, I'm doing research on it but usually when i speak on a subject i'm probably one of the better people on earth to speak about that subject you research the hell out of it i research it to the point where i can speak with absolute conviction i will have an answer to every question and a great one and a lot of people have tried to embarrass me by getting me at a scientific conference or even on a podcast. There was this guy on a podcast who like asked me a bunch of hard questions. I answered everything, like memorized the research just throughout the studies. And, uh, you know, right, right there when, when he was asking me and then he releases the podcast and then an addendum video where he says, this guy's lying about everything. Like, how's that? Anyway, his own fans like told him he was a moron for doing that. And again, uh, you know, he also thought he was very prepared for the interview and he was not, he didn't understand anything about what we were going to talk about, not to the level that I do. Mm -hmm. So, and, uh, and this has happened uh, with the bone density medical devices. Some of the smartest professors in, or they need to prove a point test you right to see what you really know. Yeah. I'm also like one of the younger guys that's ever oh. really spoken at some of those things. Most of the people who speak of those things are 60 year old professors. Mm. And so here I, you know, show up and, you know, bone density was, was, I was working on that 10 years ago. So I was like 30 and I'm, Oh wow. You know, Hey dudes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you a little bit about yeah. <laughs> like, like a school project. What? Like, is this a student? Like, they're all looking at each other. Like, yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. And then, so uh, I won some people over though, quite a few. That's awesome. Uh, when, I, when I got to speak at the International Osteoporosis Foundation, by the way, everyone will be pleased to know 
you always hear terrible things about the pharmaceutical industry, how they just buy their way and everything and mm-hmm. throw so much money at something with marketing mm-hmm. that, you know, nothing else will get listened to. And, and people said to me early on, you're never going to succeed because big pharma has more money than you do. Yeah. And I said, yeah, but my approach makes more sense than theirs does. Like triggering the body to fix itself is always going to make more sense than ingesting or taking an injection of a chemical that's not found in nature, like a hundred percent of the time. And physicians will agree with this. They're also thinking about their own liability. Mm-hmm. They would much rather show you how to do something physically to your body that will reverse the dysfunction as opposed to giving you a medication. Mm-hmm. Always. Always. Uh, no, that is if they understand what the intervention is. Mm-hmm. Some of them don't. So frequently there's people who will say, physicians will say, I'd never recommend osteostron. And I hear enough from one physician who's just sort of banging the war drum saying osteostron is bad. Well, I'll just go right to that guy's office. And I'll yeah. say, let me tell you something. Let me explain it to you. Give me one minute. And I go through it in a minute and then they're like, well, nobody had explained it that way. Mm-hmm. Okay, I will send my patients. You know, and then, then they become an advocate, but yeah. they really need to absorb the information. But also, like, I learned that in medicine, there's a certain way of selling and explaining. And in the fitness industry, there's a certain way of selling and explaining, and they're different. Mm. And so you got to know your market and mm. know how to present that material. Mm-hmm. And need, need to be good in research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what, Dr. Jaguish, it's been an honor to have you on the show. It's amazing to talk to you about all this stuff. It's phenomenal, all your achievements. Nice. It's just, it's incredible, you know, to see this kind of success. And, and I, I absolutely love it. And I'm no, I know the audience is going to really appreciate this episode. And um, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. 